0: Well, my name is Ryan and I like to take naps. I'm I'm confessing now, I like to take naps. And I can describe my naps as literally five to 10 minutes where my mind and my body reboot. And I wanna share with you, it's become a a favorite thing of my family and even some of our ministry team to capture some of my naps. So you'll see them on the screen here and uh, you'll be able to see, I think, yeah, here we are in Africa. I got done preaching in a church in Kenya, just got done eating a little goat soup for lunch. And, uh, and I needed a nap. After I eat, you can almost count on, I'm gonna need a little reboot. And so Pastor Scott often is the one that likes to capture my naps or point them out. Here I am, I think my daughter Faith took a picture of me and uh, my dog Jazzy, just a quick, you know, five, 10, 15 minute nap. This was at my in-laws over Christmas. They captured me again. Um, Again, after. if if I'm gonna eat Thanksgiving or Christmas, there's gonna be a nap soon after that. And then this is an airport picture of, uh, I'm not sure what trip that was, and that was probably Pastor Scott as well. He likes to capture those and kind of taunt them with me, tell me I sleep on the job. No, I don't, sometimes, but just five to 10 minutes. But I can only describe again that these These are moments for me where I need a reboot. Like physically, if I can get five to 10 minutes of a nap, I literally have this unbelievable reboot. Uh, If I'm feeling a little unwell, give me 10 minute nap and I'm as good as new. Uh, It's like, I don't know if you've experienced this, but it is like someone is hitting control, alt, delete in my body and I get rebooted. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you remember not that long ago, for those of us who maybe worked with some personal computers, when your computer was getting a little bogged down and it was the end of the week and you're like, man, this thing is not running well, what would you do? Control, Alt, Delete, and it would reboot. The whole thing would just reboot. And sometimes that's exactly what we we need. Our phones don't work well. You take it to the Apple store. What's the very first thing they do? They turn it off. And they reboot it. They know that this thing is gonna be better if they start it over. And so I wanted to, as I thought about this year and as I thought about the end of the year, I thought, how about a spiritual reboot? You know, for many people, 2023 was tough. It was a difficult year. For some of you, maybe it was the best year ever. You literally had the greatest year of your life, the greatest spiritual year of your life. It's fantastic. For some of you, you were just beginning to get on track, but for many different reasons, and all of us know why, we need to have a spiritual reboot. Some of you allowed some distractions to get in the way, maybe some garbage to pile up in your life, and you need a spiritual reboot for this year. And so I want to encourage you, let's all do a control alt delete at the end of this year, getting ready for 2024. If you have your phone with you, you can go to the JCI app and there's some sermon notes there. If you want to follow along with the message today, if you walked in, our greeters would have given you a bulletin. There's some sermon notes in there as well. If you want to follow along with us, but the scripture we're going to be in today is in the book of Colossians. And so it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Uh, But before we read part of chapter three, I want you to understand a little bit about the person who wrote this. If you're newer to church, or maybe you're far from God like I was when I walked into church back in uh, January of 1997, um, I was far from God. I didn't know much about anything. I didn't know anything about this guy named Paul who was named Saul, Um, but he he was a sinner. He was a really religious man So he actually thought he was close to God, but he was on the wrong side of God's plan for his life. This guy, if you wanna know a little bit more about him, he actually murdered people who were trying to follow Jesus. Like he thought that's what he was supposed to do. He was tracking down and murdering, stoning and killing these first Christians. But then he had an encounter with Jesus, an amazing encounter with Jesus that changed his life. He was transformed, he, was, uh, he became a follower of Jesus and in fact became an incredible leader for the cause of Christ. And wrote many different letters to churches that were growing, that he had launched, some of whom he had launched. And he was now trying to breathe life into them. In some cases, trying to help them. If they started to go down a wrong path, he would try to help them regroup or redirect. And he often would give them a spiritual reboot. And so as we unpack these verses today, I think what's important when you come to church is not just to come to church to check a box not just to come to church, to go, I'm here, give me some info, I don't know if I'll use it or not, just give me some info. My hope is every time you walk in this place, you're like, God, what do you have for me? If you're like me, sometimes when you walk in this place, you're desperate for God. You need him, you need him to work in your life, you need him to work in the life of your family, in in your career, whatever it may be. So my hope is today that you're gonna ask God to speak to your heart. What is it today, God, you have for me? I recognize every, not everything I say is going to be for every person here, but I believe there's something for every person here. And so ask God to speak to your heart because in Colossians chapter three, Paul gives, gives us a glimpse into what a spiritual reboot could and should look like in the life of a follower of Jesus. And so here is what Paul wanted us to know, three challenges to a spiritual reboot in 2024. And all you need to remember All you need to remember is Control-Alt-Delete. You will never forget it. For the rest of your life, you'll understand how to have a spiritual reboot 10 years from now, 20 years from now, if you'll remember Control-Alt-Delete. And so the first thing you need to know as Paul challenges us is you need to release control to God. You need to release control to God. Paul learned to do this and he shared it with us in Colossians chapter three, verses one through four. Here is what he says. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You see, Paul's life and his mind were controlled by earthly things. And they were—they controlled him so much that he thought it determined who he was and what, he, what was important in his life. And for Paul, his status as a religious person, this is before he came to Christ, his status as a religious Pharisee, a ruling religious person, it controlled who he was. And it controlled what he did. It literally drove who he was and it drove what he did. And, he, and it caused him to do things that were not what God wanted him to do. And so I want you to think about this. What drives you? Is that long enough to think about it? What drives you? Fear? Rejection? Shame? Maybe it's pride. I'm driven by pride. I'm driven by this utter desire to succeed so much so I don't care if I run someone over. Maybe it's the love of money. What is it for you that drives you? What controls you? See, for For many of us, our status can control us and lead us to do things that God doesn't want us to do. Business person, don't let your need for the greatest financial gain you can get or for positional status, like I've got to do anything I can to succeed, don't let it control you and cause you to do things that you would regret. Student, I wanna encourage you, don't let the desire to be liked or to be popular control you so that you will do things that you know God doesn't want you to do in order to be liked or popular. It isn't worth it. Take it from someone who made a lot of mistakes in high school based on those very things. Don't let that desire for those things control you. Maybe you're a parent in, her, a parent in here and you're worried about what other parents think of you so you're not willing to parent the way God would want you to parent. You don't want to be that Christian parent that, you know, everybody says, wow, did you know they won't let their kids do that or, or they they actually have some standards in their family. And, you know, you don't want to be that Christian parent because boy, they're dorks, right? Sometimes we can allow our status as I want to be a cool parent to control us so that we don't parent the way God would want us to parent. Maybe you're a single person in here. And your desire to be loved or to have that person love you, you think love you, you're willing to do things that are not what God's standards would be. You're willing to be intimate when God would say, wait till you're married. You're willing to live with someone when God would say, wait till you're married. Right? These are difficult things, but in order to wait to be loved or be accepted by that person, I'm willing to do things that are not what God would want me to do. God loves you you've got to know he's got a better plan for you. And he doesn't want those things to control you. So God wants us to focus on things above, which is where those thoughts should come from. Where, where, what are the things that should control me? Well, the things that God would tell me in his word, the things that I should get through the Holy Spirit while I'm praying, God should control us. See, when Paul met Jesus, he finally released control of his life. And he let God lead him and it put him right in the midst of God's will for his life. And you need to know if if you're willing to to release the reins of your life and be led by the Holy Spirit, you're going to trust that each day the actions you take as controlled by God and the Holy Spirit will actually put you right in the midst of God's will for your life. There's a truth I want to share. Releasing control of your life to God will change it forever and put you in the midst of his will for your life. That is a truth. If you'll trust him and you'll take steps, he will guide you in the midst of his will for your life. So I've got a question for you. What do you need to release control of? What situation in your life do you this week, this year, need to release to God so that he can be in control? Maybe it was some of what I talked about. It is your parenting. You need to release it to God. You're so worried about your kids. You need to trust that God's got them. Is it your job, maybe your finances, you need to say, God, I'm trusting you with these things that I have wanted to control for so long. Maybe it's a marriage that's on the outs. As Pastor Christian talked about for Christmas, it is you're not sure if it'll survive 2023 and you're really not sure it'll survive 2024, but you need to release control and give it to God. Maybe it's your health, maybe it's your future. If I was to be honest with you, as a dad of four, as a husband, and I would imagine many men in here can relate, uh, many women as well. But for me as a dad, I can only speak to the fact that there are times where I need to release control of worries about finances because I have three daughters. <laughs> I do have a son, but I have three daughters. And I think they're gonna get married one day. And, and my oldest who was up here singing, I think she may be married in the next year or two. And I've heard there's a lot of zeros after the cost of those. And that can keep me up at night. I can worry about that. But when I truly release control, I have been reminded over and over again of how God has taken care of me over and over again. He has blessed my family. He has taken care of us when I didn't know if it would happen. And so just to be honest with you, those are the things that can drive my thoughts. Those are the things that can control me at times. And so as you think about your 2023, did you have a plan? Did you have your plan for 2023? How did it go? Did it get totally changed because it was actually your plan and not God's plan? Right, you've heard it said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Proverbs 16:9, verse I know and love, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. When I commit my plans to him, and he guides me, then I trust in him for his will to be done and his purposes. So for all of us here, I would imagine every one of us in this room, it's time for us to hand the reins over to God so that he has control in 2024. So the first step to a spiritual reboot is to release control to God. Control, alt, delete. Control is release control to God. So the second step to a spiritual reboot is to alter your actions. It's to alter your actions. We see Paul's words in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. He said, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. See, Paul taught people that their life should be different, that their actions should be altered. And I think this is an important part of following Jesus. For every single one of us, whether you were a really good person who gave your life to Jesus, whether you were like, for those of you who remember Mother Teresa, right? We would have thought she was just next to Jesus all of our lives, because none of us are perfect and none of us is Jesus, all of our lives should look different after we become a follower of Jesus, right? Every single one of us, our life should look different after we, be, we decide to follow Jesus. And Paul stressed it. You saw the words, the, the adjectives he used. He stressed the importance of compassion, of kindness, of gentleness, of patience forgiveness, love, peace, and thankfulness. Like these are, this is what a follower of Jesus should look like. Pretty similar to another letter that he wrote to the churches in Galatia. We know it as Galatians. In chapter five, he unpacks the fruit of the spirit. The very same thought that we should have this when the Holy Spirit is leading us, we should have this fruit. This is what our actions should be. This is what we should look like. So my question to you is, is this what your life looks like? Think back over 2023. Where do your actions match these from Paul and and where do they need to be altered? I can tell you that God has done a a 180 in my life since my early 20s. I can remember in high school, um, I wasn't a Christian and I can remember I made fun of the Bible thumpers. I was at my cool table. Anybody else sit at the cool table? I thought I was at the cool table and next to me was the Bible thumper table. And I can remember making fun of them. I can remember thinking they were goody two shoes and they didn't have any fun and losers. Well, then after college, I give my life to Jesus and I'm at my 10 year reunion and I get to see all those same Bible thumpers. And I get to let them know how my life is transformed, that I had come to know Christ and now how, and I got to tell them how much I actually respected them then, but just wasn't confident enough to tell them that. Instead, I was intimidated. And so God had changed my life and altered my actions. And now I actually wanted to be a Bible thumper, actually wanted to be someone who had compassion and kindness and integrity and the very same things that they exhibited in high school, but I was too cool to do so. Have your actions been altered by Jesus? We love to hear stories of transformation. I don't know if you're aware, but 332? 332 people decided to follow Jesus in baptism last year at our church, this year at our church. And so we got to hear hundreds of stories of lives that were altered because of Jesus, because they decided to follow Jesus and now they wanted to tell the world. And so many of them wrote their stories of life transformation, of how their lives had been altered. We love, and now we're excited. We had 119 people tell us they wanna get baptized in 2024. We can't wait to read their stories of altered lives. We can't wait to read how God has transformed them. So what, what can you say that Jesus altered in your life? If you were to think about it, Do you know that there's some things that Jesus clearly altered in your life? I hope there are some things. I hope there are the things that cause you to get choked up at times during worship because you are so grateful and thankful for who you were, but how he's transformed you. Do you need to think about, maybe more importantly, what do you still need to have altered by Jesus? Because all of us are a work in progress. None of us have arrived all of us still have things. Maybe, it's, maybe it is some of the people that you hang out with, you know, are people that are dragging you down and causing you to sin. And so in 2024, you need to alter that. And I don't mean drop them, never talk to them again, but maybe you need to s- start surrounding yourself with some people who will build you up for the Lord. Like maybe you're a guy in here, you need a men's group because you're like, I don't have any godly men in my life. And I would imagine if we were to be honest that that is many of you, you would say this. I go to a church with hundreds and hundreds of men, but I don't have any men in my life who are willing to help me be a godly man. Ladies, that may be true of you. You're like, I can look around and there are hundreds of women in this room, but guess what? I don't know any of them. I don't spend any time with them and none of them lovingly encourage me because I have not invited them into my life or I've not jumped into a small group where I can begin to have people who will help me. Maybe you're here and you need to change your daily routines. You need to alter your daily routines so that they include more of Jesus, right? You remember this slide that Pastor Christian has walked us through of how we can have 1% more in 2024 where we can just 1% more of our day is literally 14 minutes, 14 minutes to do one of the things that we have talked about right over the last month where we've said, uh, how many of us need to begin to read the Bible? I need a Bible reading plan. I need a scripture memorization plan. And I just saw Sydney up here and her team has put together this unbelievable set of resources called 1% more. And it's at 1%. One percent more. CC, and you can see all the options of how you can do one percent more in your life in order to give him more of your day. We're not saying give him hours but we're saying give him 1% more in order to be closer to him so that my life can be altered. And I wanna encourage you, if you've not filled this out, if you've not done the online one that is right there in your app notes, I wanna encourage you to do this. Let us celebrate how God's working in your life. Let us celebrate. Let us pray for you to say, hey, I wanna pray for Joe. He's committed to reading his Bible through. We would love to celebrate that but I hope that you'll do that. These are great opportunities for you to grow and to have your life altered by giving him 1% more. I want to give you a a simple action step that you can take as well. On January 20th, it's a Saturday, we'll have prayer that morning. And right after prayer, we're going to have a two hour finance workshop, a 1% more generosity workshop. And it's going to help you learn how how to budget, how to how to manage your finances in a way, not only so that you have a better handle of what God has given you, but also so that you can be more generous, so that you can be more generous with friends in need, family in need, and know how to budget well. And so I wanna encourage you, there's an opportunity that you can sign up for that as well on January 20th. It would be a great opportunity for you. And I hope each and every one of you, because some of you know friends, some of you know family, some of you know kids, grandkids, that they need to go to this but the only way they will is if you go with them. So I want to encourage you to sign up and bring someone who you know needs to be there. Because here's the truth. Following Jesus should alter your actions and it should alter your priorities. It should alter your actions and it should alter your priorities. So the second step to a spiritual reboot, the first was to release control. Control. The second is to alter your actions And the third is to delete your sinful ways. Paul refers to this stuff as garbage, actually in Philippians chapter three, when you reboot a computer, as we mentioned, a lot of times it will take a glitch, Uh, it'll take a virus and it'll delete it, it'll fix it, it'll get rid of it so that it will work better. And that is what we need to do as we have a spiritual reboot. We also need to delete some stuff from our life. And Paul learned to delete some things in his life and he learned to leave it behind and he wants us to know how to do that as well. And so you see in Colossians 3, 5 through 10, here's what Paul says, some strong language, not my words, his words, put to death. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its, with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Do you remember what said again? Put to death. He didn't say lay it aside, put a drape over it, hide it over there in the corner. He said, put it to death. It's pretty strong. That is delete. Delete your sinful ways so a question for you, what in your life needs to be deleted? Really think about it. What is your life, what held you back from being all that God wanted you to be this year? What is it that caused you to stumble? And you know God wanted to use you. You know God had some plans for you, but you allowed this to continue to cause you to stumble over that pile of garbage on the way to hearing from God or listening to God. Instead, it didn't happen the way you wanted it. What habits need to go? And sometimes these are habits that aren't always sinful, right? We have some things that they're not sinful, but they can cause us from not necessarily being used by God. Maybe it was Netflix. Maybe you had intentions this year of reading your Bible through, but instead you broke the record for 17 shows watched. You binged watched so much so that you got an email recently from Netflix and you were the customer of the year. Not exactly the award that we want to hang on the wall, right? You get it, When you're a new version, you can get little awards and stars and stuff for streaks on reading your Bible. Those are the things we should aim for because they draw us closer to God. But perhaps for you, it was, Hey, I'm guess what? I'm customer of the year at Netflix. And that's not even who knows what kind of show you're watching, right? Might not even been one that you would want anybody to know. Young person. I'm glad you're here at church today. But how many times, and this applies to young people as well as older, how many times did we stay up too late on a Saturday night to where we decided, guess what, I'm not gonna go to church tomorrow or I'm not gonna get up because I was too late, maybe on Netflix or Fortnite or whatever it might've been. right? So again, not necessarily sinful But things that caused me to not do what I needed to do. And then there are activities, let's just be clear, and then there are activities that are sin that we need to delete. We literally need to remove them. They need to be wiped from our hard drive, so to speak, because they are causing us to stumble. Is it Jack Daniels? I knew him as Evan Williams. I knew him as Jim Beam, actually, more so. And he nearly destroyed my life. Almost lost my first job out of college because I was drinking and driving. It about ruined my relationships. Caused me a whole lot of problems. And so I decided that wasn't going to be the case anymore, and I deleted it. And this summer will be 25 years since I've had a drop. Because I don't know about you, but when I thought about my life and I thought about all the dumb things I did, guess what was involved? Jim Beam. Or something like it. And it nearly ruined my life. And for you, I don't know, fill in the blank what it is that nearly ruined your life. Fill in the blank what it is that has caused you to stumble. Fill in the blank what app it is, what website it is, whatever it may be that has nearly destroyed your life that you literally need to delete it. Maybe it was sexual impurity that you just know, I got to get this out of my life. Because that was for me too, before I was married. And we had to go, this is not what God wants for us. We want to honor God. God can forgive, but he needs you to delete some stuff. He wants you to delete the garbage if you want to have a spiritually rebooted 2024. And for every person in this room, you know what it is. Because here's the truth. God's mission for your life will always require deleting some things in order to accomplish the goal of living for Jesus. It just will. It will always require deleting some stuff. And you know what it is. And maybe only you. And maybe you just need to say, God, forgive me. Help me in this year to get this out of my life. Track is uh, one of my favorite sports. It's not something you get to watch like on Sundays or you know during the week when the Royals are on. It's, you gotta kind of find track. But I love track. Some of the greatest athletes of all time are track athletes. I love to watch it. I get amped up for like the Summer Olympics. I want to watch every race. I love it. Guys like Usain Bolt and others, man, I just love watching these guys run. Um, Jackie joyner uh, Kersey, unbelievable female athlete. If you grew up like in me in the 80s and you got to watch Carl Lewis, man, you just cheered like crazy for these unbelievable track athletes. There actually was a a local guy, There's two local guys that, I love one. Mark Kirp was the half marathon world record holder. Love that guy. And then, but then there was also the world record holder in the 100 meter dash was from Kansas City, Kansas. Anybody remember his name? Maurice Green. Kansas City, Kansas, world record holder. I love track athletes. I love track, but it's also a very strict sport. I don't know if you're aware of this, but it is a very strict sport and there are no redos. You see in track... If you jump the blocks, you're disqualified, there's no redo. If you are on the winning team running the four by 100 and you are smoking everybody and you drop the baton, you're disqualified and there are no redos. If you exchange the baton literally six inches outside of the zone, you're disqualified and there are no redos, you're out, there's no reboots. You don't get to ask for another shot in the next heat. You're out. These mistakes, you don't get a redo. Fortunately, we worship a God who loves us and who is willing to give us a redo. We worship a God who loves us and is willing to give us a reboot. He's willing a redo. He's willing to give us a fresh start. You see, I gave my life to Christ 26 years ago and i still need a spiritual reboot i need a spiritual reboot every year there were some days in 2023 where i literally i found myself struggling to give god control i did i know there was there were so many days where i was on my knees saying god i need to give you control of this but i want to hang on to it there were some days in 2023 where i needed god to literally alter my actions so that I would look more like Jesus. So that more of the fruit of the spirit would come out of my life because I had to catch a word that went out that didn't represent him. There were some days in 2023 where I needed to delete some garbage from my life that literally wasn't pointing me or anyone else to Jesus. I wish a spiritual reboot was as easy as my naps. I love my naps. They're easy. I could fall asleep on this stage right now. (laughs) Some of you are already there. (laughs) I could fall asleep that quick and easy. I wish a spiritual reboot was that easy. But if you'll follow control, alt, delete, and you'll stick to it, You too can have a spiritual reboot this year. And you can have the greatest 2024 you've ever had, but you might have to have some tough conversations with the Lord. You might have to spend some time on your knees. You might have to ask God to forgive you, but He will fill you with His Holy Spirit, and He is waiting and pleased. That is not a prayer that God has to think about. Do I want to answer that? That is a prayer that God is so excited to answer he is so pleased that his son or daughter has said, God, would you help me? Would you help me have a spiritual reboot? That is a prayer that God is waiting. He's been waiting for you to ask and he can't wait to answer. So as we close today, maybe you're here and you do need a spiritual reboot, but actually for you, it needs to start with a spiritual rebirth. It needs to start with a spiritual rebirth. In other words, there's never been a time where you have surrendered your life fully to Jesus. You've never been saved. You've never been reborn as I used to think that was some weirdo Christian phrase until I realized it's actually what Jesus said to Nicodemus that you must be reborn. And so maybe you're here today and you need God, to give you a new life, a new start, and a new purpose, a spiritual rebirth. So if you would, let's pray. With your head bowed and your heart open to God, maybe you're here today and you realize, I get it, God. I've been trying to do it on my own. I've been religious. I've been a churchgoer but I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. I've never asked him to forgive me and to give me new birth, a new life in Jesus. And so from your heart, would you pray something like this to God? Dear God, thank you for your son Jesus who died for my sin. Would you forgive me and come into my life and save me And would you help me to live for you each day with the power of your Holy Spirit living in me. Lead me each and every day. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer in a moment, I'll kind of give you some instructions on what you can do, how we can put some information in your hand to help you grow. But for those who are needing a spiritual reboot, which is all of us, we've got some reflection questions that I'd love for you to now reflect on and then I'll come back up and close us in prayer.